just want to thank everyone out there who's showed their support towards the podcast. It's been absolutely amazing. And if you've got any mates out there who've uh, got a few proper true yarns and uh, or someone who you know who's a mad dog who might want to come on and spin a few to us, uh, send it through. And uh, if you do one favour for me that would be absolutely incredible, click on the proper true yarn podcast, go to your settings of that and uh, hit auto download because we all know how uh, terrible the phone service in Australia is and I hate the old episode be cut short due to um, terrible phone service. So if you get that auto downloaded, um, we'll be all good to go and there'll be no interruptions. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Did that really fucking happen? This ripper bloke called Knuckles, some call him the big knuck, spinning stories tall and true that'll make you say, holy fuck, the cities to the outback on the highway or the farm, crack a cold one with Knuckles and tell us a proper true yarn. G'day and welcome to the proper true yarn podcast. My name is Knuckles. This is the show in which we extract the wildest and loosest yarns and stories from a few mad critters around the planet. The OG proper true yarn man himself, me old boy uh, TJ Hanley. Here he is. We got him in the studio. Proper true yarn, TJ. About um, when you, when you first joined the coppers. This is proper true yarn. Aren't they all proper true yarns, Dad? They all are. One hundred percent plus five percent. <laughs> okay. I'm first station, Queensland Police Service. Those days it was the police force. Anyway, I'm at Cleveland Station, east of Brisbane, Saturday night, working night shift, 4 to 12 shift, get called to Capalabar Tavern for a, a call out that a lady was out of control and they needed police assistance and an ambulance. So we arrived there, it was about... 400 people in the saloon lounge bar. Right in the middle is a lady. Um, she's, her partner's hit her over the top of the head with a wine bottle. She's got black hair about two foot six long and she's bleeding from the top of her head and she's as naked as a jaybird. And we've got to get her in the ambulance. Yeah, she is. And she is like, I think, I don't know, Mexican-type, dark-coloured sort of Mexican-type extraction, black hair, and here she is. So the ambulance arrived, me and a fellow my name, Alan Book, Bookie, attend this incident. So we're trying to get Oliver, but she, all she does is punch out and kick and scream and yelp. So she punched the ambulance bearer in the face and breaks his glasses. That's the first thing. We're trying to get to her. I got hold of a couple of arms. She's like a slimy eel. I just slipped off with all the blood that's run out of her head with no clothes on, down her body. She's got blood in her arms, blood all over. So anyway, my old mate, he wasn't real helpful, so I decide we tried to get a blanket round her. No, she just threw that away, kicked it off, carried on. So I said, we've got to put her on the ground. So I sort of tackled her and put her on the ground and I've put handcuffs on her with her hands behind her back to try and restrain her. But she was right out of control, very violent. <clears throat> we tried to get her in the back of the ambulance. No way in the world. She wouldn't get in there. She'd just kick out, struggle and carry on. No, 
So the driver said, he's still got his bloody busted glasses. He said, well, we're going to have to put her in the front of the ambulance and you're going to have to sit beside her. So I still had the bloody handcuffs on her. We get her in the front of the ambulance. She kicks the Christ out of the ambulance radios and half smashes them with the feet. And she's in the middle. I've got my arm through her arm, sort of holding her, trying to hold her steady. That's right. So we get going. And all she do is slop me up the side of the head and saw with this bloody blood-soaked bloody hair. And we're heading for the PA hospital in Brisbane. Ambulance driver, the other police, the police car, and Alan Book falling behind. Raining, bloody as heavy as you get, bloody heavy rain. Ambulance bearers got no glasses. So we go about for about three or four minutes and she turns to my side and she goes and she throws up and she hits me from about the top of my head all down me, all down my side with half-chewed chicken, red wine, spaghetti. I got the whole combination. She spewed on me. Then she slopped me up the face and then she kept on head and butt me with this bloody blood-soaked black hair. <laughs> so she gave me three spews before I got to the hospital. <laughs> Come up to the bloody Cleveland Road intersection or whatever that road is where the traffic lights are, the driver can't hardly see, hits the brakes, we skidded over, we crashed into a bloody pole there, enough damage not to... Stop us from driving, kept going, kept going to the PO hospital. I'm thinking, what are you doing here? <laughs> a week ago you're in a stock camp with perfect civilised people, no shit and spew and blood on you. Why have I become a bloody copper? <laughs> Why have I become a <laughs> Christ? So we get to the bloody PA hospital and we've called them up and they've got the doctor there with the big needle to give her an injection to settle her down. Nurses everywhere and I've got out of the ambulance and you see those old blue dogs, every now and then they shake themselves. <laughs> I shook myself like a blue dog. All this spaghetti and half-chewed chicken and <laughs> all flew off me beside you. <laughs> That's a great, great circle, this shit that fell off me because he's spewing all over me. <laughs> oh, God almighty. What am I doing in this bloody job here, you know? So I got home and my poor old mum used to always wait for me to see if I was okay. Well, she, I got home with this blood with me ear. Oh, what's happening here, poor old mum? nearly had a heart attack when I got home. But anyway, that's my first weekend in the Queensland Police Force, I tell you. Quite bloody... Quite exciting, anyway. What about um? Here's a proper true yarn that I was involved in, dude. What about that 1993 Slim Dusty concert, oh, TJ? Here's, here's one to tell the people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In Charleville was Charleville. just released the song yeah, Slim the flood, Dusty. Yeah, the flood. Slim Dusty put on a free flood concert for the people of Charleville. We come off the 90, 1990 flood. 1990 flood and a big concert. There's no police there and it was me and me offside at the time, Sean Patrick Wade, old Wadey and I were there. Anyway, this bloody bloke. I was. I would have been five. Oh, well, you would have been five, would you? Probably five, 93, yeah. I was about five-year-old. Four, year four old. or five, you weren't very big. Yeah. Well, I don't think you were school. 
So anyway, next thing this fella there, and he started belting his 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 missus, flogged and knocked her down a couple of times, and saying, "Police, police, we want police." Well, there's no police there, except Wade and I. Watching watching the concert. Watching Slim Dusty. Not on duty. Yeah, not on duty. We're there at the concert, so we had to go around. And anyway, we finally. Tackle this bus. We got because around. he went. He knocked. He knocked like five different ladies there. He oh went yeah, no, he's, he's out of control. He's out of control. So we got him on the ground. I tipped him over, and we got no handcuffs. We got nothing, and we hold him down, calling for the police to come and grab him. You know, he's right out of control. Little mate here, little buddy knuckles, me little mate, the offsider. He races in. He's got him by the foot. He lift him up. <laughs> I'll help you, Dad. I'll help you. He said, get out, get out. Get out. I'll help you, Dad. I'll help you. I said, for someone grab, there's people all crowd around as usual. Someone for Christ's sake, grab this bloody kid before he gets hurt. He's helping Dad. He got him by one leg. We got him in the crowd. He's hollering and blowing. Yeah, old mate Knuckles, he was helping Dad. He would see Dad in trouble there. That's proper. That's that's how it bloody happened, eh? Yeah, Yeah. bloody hell. You hear about the bloke had sex with a pig, Knuckles? No, I haven't. It bloody squealed on him, mate. (laughs) 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 I still think, TJ, I still think you should tell the old... The old horse fucker yarn. It was up north Queensland when I was in the stock squad there. We did a job where there's information about a male person having sex with a, a pony mare <laughs> in the radio yards in a certain small town. So, and the, no, Nottingham, not very far west of Ingham actually. <laughs> so we went up there. And we're I watching think, what I, happened. I, I think the uh, person charged was from England, but wasn't he? <laughs> 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 he might have visited there. Could have been through there. <laughs> visited there regu- regularly. Regularly. <laughs> regularly. <laughs> anyway. So, <clears throat> so as follows there, he got track seat pants on, puts the mare in the little crush, got a drum, Gets up in the drum, starts doing the job. <laughs> and we'd come out from behind the crush, frightened the hell out of him. He fell off the drum and he got his pants around his ankles. From a tree yard. Yeah, from a tree yard. Story of the Ingham Wolves fucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they made that young fella up at Buddy, up in, up in Ingham. <laughs> they call him Donkey. You hear that, Brett? Father Donkey. <laughs> I said to him, I said, what's your name? He said, Donkey. And I said, who calls you Donkey? He said, my dad calls me Donkey. I said, why does why he call me Donkey? He said, he always calls me Donkey. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. <laughs> but he was from Ingham, that fella. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Ingham, Razor. There's a bloody lady went to Buddy, up to Buddy, Consul, a brand-new doctor straight out of university to be a, a doctor at university, see? 
And this old doctor was there for years. He was just about to retire and he got this lady. He said she's going to be very good. He said, do the job. And uh, <clears throat> after the first day, he said, how'd you go? How'd you go today? She said, well, most amazing day, she said. But she said, probably the thing that I couldn't believe, she said. She said, there's three dark fellas come in, she said, and they had white pierces. He said, What? They white pierces. Yeah, they were dark fellas. He said, he said, look, darling, he said, you've got a lot to learn about this country, he said. There were three cons were coal miners and they'd been home for lunch. Proper tree yarn. Proper tree yarn. This is a proper yarn, this next one. A mate of mine from Charters Towers, he had two boys. They're young fellas, they're good kids. One was called Jack. Jack and Gary, I think their names are. Anyway, Jack says to Gary, they're about nine, nine-year-old, listen, Jack, I think it's about time we can swear. We can swear. And <clears throat> Jack says, oh, well, what do you reckon? He said, well, we'll go downstairs for breakfast. So their mother said, what do you want for breakfast? And Jack says, I think I'll have some fucking wheat picks. Well, next thing, buddy, his mother just belts him, and this is true as I'm sitting here. Belts him round the ears, whack, whack, whack. And she just says to Gary, Gary, what are you having for breakfast? He says, looks like I'm not having fucking wheat picks. <laughs> probably tree yard. Yeah, probably tree yard. <laughs> <laughs> just remember, guys, call out, it's my shout, and keep left unless fucking overtaken. Oh, yeah. 